You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. I have a <laughs> I have a really special guest. I'm very excited. Uh, Carolyn Herforth is uh, an amazing business badass, and I can't wait for you to hear her story and for you to just learn some uh, leadership lessons and business lessons that can be applied along the way. Uh, she has a long history, almost two decades of doing a business growth uh, strategy, serving thousands of businesses along the way. Uh, she has just started a new uh, a new venture called the Imposter Syndromes Institute, Imposter Syndrome Institute. I can't wait to hear more about that. Uh, her specialty is really, it's about helping thought leaders and service-based business owners reach the next state of meaningful growth, impact, and profit. And she really got into this uh, because she was uh, tired of seeing how businesses were having to conform to doing things in the old school sort of man's way. And that's, uh, I, I have such respect for going against the old style and and landing smack dab right hard in the middle of authenticity. So Carolyn, welcome to One Sharp Sword. Oh man, it's so good to be here <laughs> with you specifically. Well, <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. So uh, it's you have quite a background. Um, let me back up before you got into doing your the magic business growth strategy stuff <laughs> like for the past two decades. What were you doing before that? I was in corporate in sales. So before I started my first business, my last corporate gig was with Oracle. And I was selling application software to their general business market, businesses one billion and less in revenues. So that was small business. <laughs> That's Oracle's definition of small business small 20 business years ago. Is, is somewhere <laughs> below a billion dollars. That's awesome. Yeah. Their, their definition of small business is probably more like 5 billion now. I have no idea, but that was wow. 20 years ago. A business Amazing. is under a billion. So, so at some point you had this, uh, it, you know, it's almost like an entrepreneurial seizure. It's like, hey, I should start my own business, right? And And what was that like? How did you do that? You know, it actually, so one of my former Oracle co-workers had gone off and started a business to help people find and start franchises. And we bumped into each other at a wedding and he was telling me about what he does. And he sold me on the freaking lifestyle. He's like, it's so great. I just work, you know, and my wife goes off to work. My kid goes off to school. I make him you know, I coach his football. I make him lunch if he comes home from for lunch from school. I don't know who does that anymore, but um, and he just like really stole, sold me on the lifestyle of what what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And I was kind of getting um, a little annoyed by some of the corporate favoritism that I saw. 
um, just specifically in my in my department or division of my business where the guys got everything and you know it was like the women were left it was just a really weird thing um, I made a lot of money there and won a lot of trips and you know it, like it was it was great from that perspective but I knew I was ready for change. And so it was more something where I was like, oh, look at that carrot, you know, mm. that's not how all of my um, changes since then have happened, but that was more of a carrot stick type of thing. And so I jumped in saying, hey, I want to do that. And so there I was, the uh, you know, starting a, a business on my own um, and walking away from corporate America. That's it's a huge leap, Carolyn, to do that because, you know, there's the security, there's the, it's always been, there's the, um, you know, I have all these perks that I've, that I've earned up to this point. And a lot of people are afraid. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I am a risk taker by, by nature. I, I don't know how, because my parents are not risk takers at all. My family is not a family of risk takers, but I definitely somehow picked, like got some weird gene that makes me a risk taker. Um, and I even remember the conversation with my dad. So I, the way I left corporate America is I started a franchise or, you know, bought a franchise. And so that I didn't go out and just say, Hey, this is the idea I want to bring to the world. I'm like, oh, there's a business model I like. I would do that. And so I bought a franchise, wrote out the, you know, wrote out the check, did the training, all of that. And um, I remember before I did it, you know, my dad trying, he was a retired banker, trying to be very careful because he knew if he said the wrong thing, I'd like just like probably lose it. And he was just like, oh, kind of like, he just kind of thought, okay, well, if she falls on her face, she's going to fall on her face, whatever. But I remember one of my best friends from college saying, Carolyn, are you sure you want to do this? It's pretty risky to go out on your own. I'm like, yep, I'm sure. Like, I just didn't want anyone to tell me I was wrong. And um, so it just, I was just very stubborn and, and I don't, I, yeah, I just, I'm a risk taker. I don't, consider all the, I don't always consider the downsides, but, you know, I thought with a franchise, there's a lot of support in that. And so I thought it was a good place to start. I think part of, I think part of what makes you a kind of badass in business is that you do think that way, that it's like, you know what, this opportunity exists. And the baseline of that for most people is I believe in myself. Like it's not, Oh, what's the worst that can happen. Um, and, and the flip side of that is, Oh my gosh, what is the worst that can happen? You know? And, and they stop themselves. And for you, it's, yeah, stuff's going to happen. It's, it's like at being a risk taker, there's almost this natural knowing, of course, stuff's going to happen. And you believe in yourself enough to go and I'll get through it. That's, I think it right. was just blind optimism. Oh, well. I mean, <laughs> there's probably a little I'm bit of that, Wayne, but <laughs> I'm trying to tell my audience that anybody can do this. And you're like, no, nah, I was just dumb. It's like <laughs> here's the thing, what you are, what you are right about is that far too many people stop themselves 
from expanding and growing and taking risks because they do look at the other side of things. They're like, oh, but what if I fail? And I'm like, but what if you succeed? <laughs> I mean, exactly so, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're, you're, I, I get your point. I just, I, I, I would like to say that I was, you know, that judicious in my decision making. <laughs> this is great though. So how did you, right. Given that you were a business strategist, right. And then, and that you've helped, uh, you've launched hundreds of businesses, you've shaped thousands of businesses, given that you do that, how do you how do you sit back and go well you know i stumbled into my own business sort of you know like i took a risk and now you're like but i can see the future i can yeah. help strategize so talk about that segue because i think that's what's really helpful in conceptualizing could i you know if i'm on the fence could i do this myself and for you to say well look at these few things like this is the yeah. risk Great this question. is the risk let let go of one vine you're holding on to so you can grab that next vine as you're swinging yeah right? yeah you know i would say it's because of my own all of the mistakes i've made myself um and the mistakes i've made when i've gone for it without considering you know the pros and cons or all the ramifications and the things that um the things that have worked when I've gone for it. So um, the times I feel like I've gotten screwed or I've played the victim, you know, played the victim is the only way I can say it. I don't think I was a victim of, you know, certain business practices or, you know, things that happen, but it's like every single one of my F-ups is exactly why I love working with people and helping them see outside of what they think their reality needs to be um, and that they need to tolerate. And, you know, it's, it's, and which is really handy because the people I work with already are already successful. They've already proven themselves in business. They've already done things well, but they're in a place right now. And this is not with imposter syndrome Institute necessarily, but with my um, business strategy practice, they um, they're in a place where what they're doing is no longer fulfilling or meaningful. Mm -hmm. They're probably making the money. The money might be slowing down. It might be the same, but like they know something is off with their cash cow and, but they don't want to admit it. They don't want to see it because that cash cow has been damn reliable and, so, but, but it's, they feel so empty inside. And I have been there so many times in the 19 years I've been in business where I just, it's like, you feel so empty. So what, what I'm really good at is helping people see the possibilities and, and create the vision and look at the, and kind of weigh like what the different stakeholders how they might respond to ch making changes in your business. And those stakeholders could be your spouse, and mm -hmm. your family, your customers, your vendors, social media, like anyone who touches or sees, you know, anything you do. And so I just, it's so easy for me to see it because I am a futurist and a visionary. Um, and part of the fun is helping 
my clients and these business owners see, oh, you don't have to keep tolerating that cash cow if it's not meaningful to you anymore. There are other ways around this. And it doesn't mean you have to end it overnight, which I have done that before, which I mean, oh, you know, there is a right way to do it and a not always the right way to do it. But I think that's, I don't know if I'm getting even answering your question, but that's, that's totally like. It's fantastic, Carolyn, because, okay. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you here is because of uh, how like-minded we are in so many ways that it is about it is about gaining a level of success and recognizing that what you thought was the target is sometimes very unfulfilling. And the way I explain it is the journey changed you. So by the time you got to the target, you're different. You're different than how, how great that target looked. And so your ability to step in and go, so now what? Let's take a look. I love that you incorporate the stakeholders and that you you look at the stakeholders could be family. It could be social, your social media uh, tribe. It's like, that's, that's fabulous. The idea of um, you didn't say it this way. And yet you sort of said it. And that is what do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? What do you need to amp up? Right. So, um, and sometimes it is an abrupt stop. It's like, if yes. what you're doing is not working, What's wrong with just saying, oh, yeah, you know what? Today I'm done. Yeah. Um, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And and sometimes that means there's no plan B. You instantly create a new plan A. Mm, right? I like that. That was brilliant. I should write that no, down. You should write that down. <laughs> Can we get a transcript of this, please? Um, you know, it's really interesting because when you're bringing in typically hundreds of thousands of dollars on that thing or millions. Um, you know, my business, my clients are multiple six and seven figure earners. So I use that space, but that's when they're like, but this is a huge chunk of my income or it's in some cases, all of my income. But what's also interesting is it's a huge chunk of their identity. Yes. I'm known for this. You know, I ran an accelerator for six years in my business, a business accelerator, six months for women who were like one to three years into business. And, um, and, and it was a great program. Oh my God. It was so fulfilling. It was such great money. I had so much fun with it for about five years mm. and I went six <laughs> and that last year, I knew heading into the tail end of the fifth year, I was like, I know I need to change this up, but how do I give up this thing that's so easy? It takes like five hours of my, my time each month to run three groups of people. Like it was really, I'm like, it was the ideal business model, but I just, I was done. It's like doing the same stand up comedy routine night after night after night without introducing new jokes. It's like, oh my gosh, kill me now. So this, um, it was really hard to let go of that because I didn't know what the other thing was. And, you know, a lot of times my clients, you know, we're talking about how can, what's another way you can scale? What's another way you can scale? What's another way we can do things? And 
I went the, I finally, after spending all this time trying to figure out what can I do to replace this accelerator, you know, with, you know, that really was more of a scaled model. I just got rid of all my scaled stuff and I only do one-on-one coaching and, you know, the high touch. And yeah, I have a couple of products that people can buy online, but no more group program. I gave up actually two programs at once. And, um, that's really hard. I know firsthand it's really hard. And it's not the first time I've done that where I'm like, I'm making money. I'm doing this. I'm known for it. Like this is, I loved it when somebody's like, what are you doing? I'm like I run an accelerator, a business accelerator for women entrepreneurs. I loved it. My ego was so wrapped up in it. My clients loved it. They, you know, it was just so to, to hit that point where I'm like, Ooh, I don't love it anymore, but this is my identity this is what I'm helping my clients with. Like, this is the thing is it's so tangled together that we have to create something that doesn't completely discount or disregard everything that you've worked so hard for, but how do we reimagine it? You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. Sometimes relationships need a boost. Go to www.relationshiprecharge.com for a free seven tip guide to put some extra life back in your life. That's relationshiprecharge.com for your free seven tip guide. Relationshiprecharge.com. And now back to One Sharp Sword cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. You've said multiple brilliant things. I want to, I want to spotlight them. Um, Basically redefining yourself is a big deal. And you did that. You know, most people are like, how do I scale? How do I add more revenue streams? How do I do this? And you were good at that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when that started to strangle you instead of fulfill you, you said, I'm cutting loose. I'm cutting loose. I'm cutting loose. And sometimes redefining identity is about letting go of things instead of adding more things. And you did that. Um, And my question then is, right. And that's one of the like along the way in my podcast, I like to make the points that are that are showing up so that you can go, oh, that's how she did it, right? So you redefined who you were and your direction by letting go mm-hmm. instead of adding more. I need to get more. I need to understand more. I need to, I need to, uh, it's just around the corner. It's almost this thing. If only I could, and it's like, just let go. What do you want? What is fulfilling? Here's a question for you is um, how long was that process when like, how long did you live in the land of, I just don't feel really fulfilled because there's a difference between waking up one day and going this again. And the next day you wake up and go, I'm so grateful. I get to do this. Right. That, that everybody, every, every business owner, has that sense. And I would imagine every human, right? In whatever business you're in, if you're an employee or a business owner, you wake up and you go, I just, I don't have it in me today. I just like, why am I doing this? 
Yeah. And the next day it's like, oh, because people gain from that. And I, you know, I've got another day in me and I love what I do and it's fine to, you know what? I'm doing what I do. I'm good at what I do. Uh, there's no fire. Like mm-hmm. I got to stop this. How long did you live with that? I think before I finally made started moving towards the new thing instead of fighting by holding on to the old thing. Um, it's probably almost a year maybe. Okay. Um, and I remember like, I remember exactly the moment where I was like, Oh, this is it. That gotta be done. One of my clients in one of my accelerators said, just tell me what to do. And I was like, that is not the point of this accelerator. This is to show you how to do business, not what to do. I am not your boss. And I thought, I'm no longer even attracting the people I want in this program because I've checked out. And so that was my last group. I'm like, I just have to let it go. But I'd been kind of suspecting for probably six months before that. And then I followed through in that. And then I didn't know what I was going to do. I took a month off. I went to Cambodia and Singapore. I'm just like, I don't know. Please show me the inspiration. There's a shift. uh, Yeah, that didn't work. (laughs) It didn't give me the epiphany I was looking for. Um, I really think we, you know, I couldn't find a me. And I've been doing this for people for a long time, but I could not find a me. And so I just languished. I really, I really like made myself suffer for a, a long time. Um, and, you know, I had other programs going that were fueling me. Like my graduates from that program, I had another program for them that was so fun and so cool. And we'd done several rounds of that. But even that was starting time. Like, I don't know if I don't know if I want to do six more months with this group, you know, like we'd done six and six and six, like, you know, and people would kind of, and I just thought maybe I just need to rethink everything. And that was after the 2016 election. And, um, a lot of my clients were incredibly, um, devastated by that election result. And it really shifted the energy of how my people were showing up Mm -hmm. and, (laughs) <laughs> definitely had an effect on me as, as a result. So I would have never guessed that that would have, you know, impacted me in that way, but it, it did. And I, so I also needed to really think like, who's my new world? Like who, like, what are they, what do they need? Um, and what do I need to feel really fulfilled in all of this? I think that's a, it's a great question. Right. And I, uh, in my notes, you'll see me writing every so often. Um, and that is what I wrote was searching for a me. And you, here's the funny thing is that a lot of people will draw back and go, I'm just, I'm looking for who I am and they'll just wait. And, and you know that the only way to find you is to be in motion, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to, it's like, not yet, not yet. It's coming. I can feel it. Like, and, and only in motion does the right thing sort of sift out and you go, Oh, here's what I'd love to try. I want to mm-hmm. just see if this works. Cause 
I think I'm good at this. Like, yeah. And that's that's fabulous. So I just uh, just to point out, like the whole idea of searching for a me doesn't mean hanging out in your bathrobe and just waiting for another day to pass. It is. I mean, right. some of those days are nice, but um, yes, too many of them are definitely. I just listened to a podcast about um, laziness is a lie. All right. And have you have you read the book or heard about I, this? I've heard of the book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, like I am a napper and I have no problem with it. I know it makes me more productive. I know that the way I earn my money is with my brain. And so my brain needs more rest than someone who's swinging a hammer. Um, you know, like it, it's just a, and, um, I used to feel really guilty, not just about napping, but like just lying on the sofa or kicking back and not working and just being like staring at the ceiling and just like not making my brain work. And I think, um, we need to honor what our minds are, are saying to us and our hearts are saying to us when you start to feel that little twinge. Yes. And I think we ignore it for so long because this is the way I'm doing it. This is how I'm bringing home the bacon. This is like the, you know, yeah. so it's just, we are fighters, but we fight against ourselves more than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. The creative spark is like, it's right. Most people have their creativity in the shower, right? It's like there's yes. something about the running water, the isolation, and the thoughts that just go. And, you know, the same is true for hanging out. Like, I, uh, depending on the day, um, it's been a while, but I will nap. Uh, if I've been on the road, if I am up early and I get, I mean, a lot of the people I work with, they're in a different time zone and or um, I'm just up early and I do more in the first four hours of my day than most people do all day. So um, by the time 2, 2.30 rolls around, yeah, let me just kick back for a bit, right? Do it, do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's great. Like it's a, it really is, it's creativity recharge. And I think that's awesome. Um it works for me. Um, Did you know that you are 36 more percent more productive after a nap? You know, I thought it was 34 and a half. I didn't know it was 36 percent. Awesome. It might be 34 percent. My stat know. might be old, but um, yeah, yeah. That's, so we I, are I, more productive. It's proven, yeah. you know, awesome. there's 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 this um, picture of, oh, I'm not going to remember who all the but like these actors and politicians and celebrities it's and it's a picture of them on a boat and they're napping they're probably passed out because they're hungover from the night before or something who, who but yeah. you know yeah. there are a lot of famous people who are nappers and have you know famous people in over the years so um i have no shame i used to feel ashamed when i started my business 19 years ago i would lay down on the floor of my office and i'd take a little little nap and i'd feel guilty i'm got over that very quickly. That's great. You know, it's so good on my podcast. I never know what we're, where our path will go. <laughs> and this is so great. Like you, right. Our listeners, our, our audience now has permission to nap. Like, yeah. It's okay. If you know, it, like on a, if you've got a, if you've got an hourly job, 
then take your 10 minute break and close your eyes for three of those 10 minutes, like relax and close your eyes, give your eyes a break. Um, creativity is so important. And, um, the neuronal recharge, the, the rebuilding of your neurons during a nap, huge. So yes, I'm a big proponent and fantastic. Talk, talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome institute mm, you know when i talk about being a visionary a futurist and i kind of look at all the the different moving parts around a, a a person um and i i work specifically with service-based business owners and i was talking with one of my friends who is the leading expert the world's leading expert on imposter syndrome and it was earlier this year of 21. And um, we were talking about how people plagiarize her work all the time. And, and, you know, they don't give attribution, they change things up and claim it as their own, or that you know, it's just like, you know, the drill, you're the author of three books. So uh, five, okay, five. Um, so, you know, like when you're a thought leader, people steal your stuff and this, it, and, and so I said to her, why aren't you licensing so that you got a group of people who are devoted to your message and will share it properly. And so that you have, um, you know, can leave a legacy because who's going to share your stuff when you're gone. And, you know, why don't we create, or I said, why don't you create a licensing organization? And she goes, I'll only do it, but only if you go in with me 50, 50, nice. that was her answer. And I was like, I wasn't expecting that. I thought she might become a client, but cause I do that kind of stuff with my, but, but we've known each other quite well and I adore her. And, um, I just thought, okay, well, sure. Why not? So we created imposter syndrome Institute as the licensing entity for her intellectual property. And so we've been training. Um, we did our first training group in September and we've got another one coming up in January of 2022, where we're working with coaches, you know, independents, coaches, speakers, presenters, workshop facilitators who want to incorporate this topic into their list of you know, speaking topics, be able to do run retreats, workshops, whatever, um, use it for coaching their own clients. So that is what we've been doing. I mean, our first group of people where I'm just like, wow, <laughs> they're amazing. Uh, it has been a lot of work putting everything together, um, but it has been really fun and quite magical because, you know, when I was um, helping people start businesses years ago, start businesses. Now I just help people grow them, but, or change them, shift them, grow them, whatever. Um, and when I, I, like, when I was helping people start businesses, I would always just say, don't have a partner. People come to me. I want to have a partner. I want to have, I'm like, it's never going to work. Don't have a partner. You're crazy to want a partner. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> So here I am breaking my own rule. It's actually kind of fun. And um, I just have mad respect for my partner and, you know, doing this. And then we'll, so we have three different phases to our licensing. So it's going to start with these individuals. We'll eventually do train the trainers for enterprise 
clients, and then we'll start creating programs like online learning and coaching programs and things like that. So it's a great model. It's a great business model, really. Yeah. Is. And, you know, again, in terms of personal and professional evolution, you could believe in something, uh, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, it's like, don't have a partner, this is a bad idea. And as you grow, you get to a place of going, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like uh, it's maybe now's the time to do that. So, you know, the idea of, well, I, I declared once that I would never do this. Uh, (laughs) It's like, okay, you declared that once. And uh, I've been listening to various, various uh, podcasts and of super successful people that are owning their mistakes. Like more and more that's becoming acceptable to talk about. And that's so great that we can normalize that, you know, what we see on social media is the highlight reel and not the like the 90% of the mess that got the person to that highlight reel. And so oh God, um, I'd be happy if it was only 90% mess. Right? <laughs> yeah, life is messy, right? And so yeah. just because you declared something for yourself. Oh, you know, years ago, if that's no longer true for you, it's yeah. okay to pivot. It really is. So you know what? That's awesome. Another thing I'll say is, um, and you might be able to identify with this, but when I when I started out in business, I felt like I needed to know everything, and I kind of came off as a little bit unapproachable and a little bit, you know, like this is the way and. And I try, I thought I needed to be and look perfect all the time and not look physically perfect, but just like do everything right. Are you kidding me? So the stress of not letting people know your F-ups and, you know, like that just creates so much undue pressure and the shame that goes with, oh, I don't want to do it this way anymore. But I said I should like... All of that, I'm like, I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's just having been in business a while, but I think it goes back to the, you know, really hanging on to what I think my business represents and how I identify with it or how it defines me. I think I I would love to see more and more people letting go, letting those defenses down. And yeah. And just saying, you know what, you're right. This isn't the way I want to do it anymore. And like just going, cause we all have the voice. We all have the inner voice. We all know what, uh, what our conscious is trying to tell us. If only we would shut up and listen. Well, that's it, right? Paying attention. What's the desire? Where are you? My question of my clients is what would you treasure? And if you really allowed yourself to treasure something would you tend to that garden? Like, would you really nurture it? Would you grow it? Would you weed it? And um, I'm going to admit that it's probably only in the last year and a half to two years that I've been able to drop into this place of uh, a more authentic self. That it's, you know, I, I wanted to be uh, perfect Dr. Purnell, you know, out in the world. And I am here to, you know, uh, and it's like, that's, that's not even who I am. Yeah. Right. And to let that go and to say, you know what, I have some 
really good guidance I give people, um, but I don't have to know it all. And I'm still learning. And right. And we're all like, let's hope so. Let's hope that never stops. Right. Growth, personal growth and development. Let's hope that never stops. Mm -hmm. um, right. And I think that that you and I and uh, people that do what we do, that we are, you know, uh, we've run some miles that other people haven't run. So we have a perspective that others don't have. <clears throat> And I think that I think that that's what allows us to to like your ability to have uh, your future vision is based on having run the miles you've run. Like I've been there, I've seen it. I can guide you now, and I think that's fabulous. I think that's really um, it's powerful, is what it is. It's really powerful. Well, and it's fun too because you know even though I am not taking on as many private clients for my business strategy practice as, you know, as a strategic thought partner, um, you know, I'll take on some, but I still get to use that muscle with our licensed associates because they're bringing on a new topic and it might change their business model. It might change the way they sell. So like there's a tenured professor who's one of our licensed associates and we did a session last week and we talked about how to sell herself and how to position herself. Like how does she position imposter syndrome, uh, rethinking imposter syndrome in, you know, the, the theme scheme of all of the other things that she's known for as a licensed psychologist and, you know, as a tenured professor. And so it's really fun because I don't have to shut that off. I'm just, you know, I get to use it over here in a different way. So that's also very fun, but I still really like my private clients. So yeah. I don't know if I'll ever want to let them go. They've always been a through line for me, but. That's awesome. You know. That's awesome. So, I mean, we talked about so much, Carolyn, this is, it's really great. It's the, uh, it's the shift in the path. It's the redefining identity. It's the letting go. It's the adding to. It's the personal development. And it's the leverage and pivot. And I think that that's huge. Like all of those, all of those are so important in as tools. It's not like you have one tool and this is how I'm going to live my life. It's there are multiple tools. What's appropriate now? You know, what, what, is going to get me to the next place that I, I desire now. Like what's my next and what do I use? Yeah. So can I ask you a question? Of course. Because you work with people in a, you know, similar place as much yeah. as I do. Yeah. Um, when someone is unwilling to surrender or let go, um, what is the source of that? Identity. That's an easy yeah. answer. Okay. It's like anytime somebody feels fear or doubt or guilt or shame, it is yeah. always identity. Yeah. And, and so you take it back to when was, when did that really become apparent to you that you couldn't move from that position? And it's like, well, I've always needed to be the best at blah, blah, blah. And if you wind it back, it's like, well, whose voice is telling you, you needed to be the best. And usually it's apparent um, and it's like, you, you know, you make me proud. You go out and make me proud. And so even if the parents like at this age, right, even if the parents are no longer in the picture, there's still the parental voice of you go make me proud. It's like, 
It's my life. I get to make me proud this time. And I don't need the external voices. And so really it's about, it comes back to, well, who am I and what do I value outside of the voices that are telling me that I need, you know, I need to make someone else proud. Right. So that was a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Got a podcast of my own. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Okay. So here we are. Um, my, like, we're at a point where I would love to, I would love to know, is there anything you were hoping that I would ask you or that you really wanted to share that I didn't get to yet? Um, like what's like, <laughs> and no, or, I mean, like, Honestly, well, first of all, I think you asked some really great questions and you're a great listener and observer. And so I like how you can take answers and then take them further. So I always appreciate an interview like this or a conversation, quite frankly, like this. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I just is it, for the for for you listening to this. I just I encourage anyone listening to this who feels like there's there's something they're trying they're resisting just like stop resisting (laughs) it's so it's so easy to just say surrender you know like yeah just surrender I remember the first time a coach said to me surrender I'm like what does that even mean I like the way I I like the way Brene Brown puts it which is lean in right lean in isn't that Sheryl Sandberg uh, maybe. or is she, well, Cheryl Sandberg, I suppose, talks about it in, I haven't, I, I, okay. I won't question your source. Oh, no, I, you know what? I've been known to be wrong. So anyway, <laughs> there is a, uh, there's a thought leader out there that uses the phrase lean in. And, um, I like that a whole lot better than surrender. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's Cheryl Sandberg and, and I mean, instead, I, I would even, um, argue that in, if, if you're feeling it to at least listen to it, you know, it's, it's exactly. not, you don't have to resist it. Just listen to it. And what is it trying to tell you? And what does that mean? And I think this is where you're so right about the identity, because I think people are like, oh, well, if I change this, then I will no longer be known as, or this person, or, you know, exactly. like this will change my circumstances what they're forgetting is your circumstances be so much better. I got the sweetest card from one of my uh, note from one of my clients. I keep it here. Cause I look at how adorable that she has a little caricature of herself. That's so great. sweet. And she literally has pink hair, but um, she's like, she, I, I mean, the note is just a thank you. Um, but <clears throat> she came to me in this place of, I, I don't know what to do with myself with COVID. I like the things I've been selling and offering, they don't mean that much to me anymore. And I really want something live and in person, but is anybody going to travel and what is it? And how do I do that? So she knew something was trying to tell her something and she didn't know what to do with it. And so we did a strategy intensive out on my patio on a beautifully steamy, hot New York day and came up with what she could do next and how she could wrap her business around it and just tweak this, do that. But she fought it for a long time. She's like, well, maybe I just need to rebrand. No, why would you rebrand something 
that isn't serving you? How is a rebrand going to help you? And so I'm like, all right, great. Strategy first, rebrand second. And now she's like, I don't really need to rebrand. So, but I just think if we would all give ourselves that grace of listening to it rather than resisting. I love it. Um, That's so good. So yeah, sometimes people need to um, just believe in the what and not need all the how before they take that step. And it was, by the way, Niels Scoville and uh, Sheryl Sandberg who wrote Lean In. So thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, grace is such a great word for, you know, give yourself that as you move forward. Give yourself that. I think that's beautiful. Uh, I think on that note, we shall call this a wrap. Thank you for okay. being here. Yeah. Anything else? Like, oh, I forgot to ask you. So with all of your brilliance, how do people find you? Like, oh. this is this is a big deal. Okay. The best, I mean, if you Google my name, Carolyn Herforth, there is only one. There is a Caroline Herforth who's like a German actress or something. But um, it's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. H-E-R-F is in Frank, U-R-T-H. And so that's my website. That is my, you know, all of my social media handles, which I've been really quiet on social this year. Just don't care. My, um, my Irishman, my favorite Ir- Irishman, which is my, you know, partner of three and a half years. He, um, I've been really involved in helping him with his, const- his general contracting business this year because his key man went back to Ireland and um, he just, it was kind of sudden. And he's like, oh, who is running the show here? He's like, I know how to be a general contractor, but I don't, I don't know how to turn on a computer. And so I've been doing a lot with that. And it's really, at, at first I was really happy to help. And then I got a little like, ah, why am I focusing on his stuff? I'm not getting paid for this. What am I focusing on his stuff and not mine? And I found like this really happy place in terms of helping it. But I know that that also, you know, I could have resisted. Um, And there's a difference between resisting and standing up for yourself. But it was like a very, um, it was very fun to also learn like a new trade almost um, and a new industry from a different perspective in the middle of all of this and starting a new business. So it's just been kind of one of those craziest years. So I have been quiet on social because, you know, running three businesses at once just kind of has taken over. And um, it's great so. growth. It's amazing growth. You know, that's yeah. awesome. It's been fun. Really good. So, yeah. All so right. thanks. Yeah, thank you. This is fabulous. I'm so glad you're here. And with that, Carolyn Herforth, thank you. This is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell. We will see you here next time. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without Fluxer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.